Hey, Sean. Yellow. You, you know what I hate about what? this time of year? Uh, so many things. Yeah. The fact that the ground is both gravelly and wet at the same time. So, but mostly we get these fluctuations in weather where the temperature will slowly creep up and up and up and up. Right. You'll, you'll leave work and you'll be like, wow, it's actually kind of warm. I have to roll the windows down in my car. Right. And you're thinking, oh man, it's almost barbecue season. I, should I take the, the cover off my barbecue and, you know, give the grill a wash and get it all ready. And right when you start having those thoughts, bam, minus 10 degrees and snowstorms. We yeah. had that. I, you know I, I, def- I definitely know the feeling. It's even worse right now because I have this sweet ass electric scooter that I've just been dying to take out for a spin, you know, to show all the kids how cool I am. And uh, I can't because it's too freaking cold. So, so one, no kid is going to think you're cool. Two, do you know what is cool? The Scene on Screen podcast. Welcome, welcome to the big show. And by the big show, I mean just the regular show. David, how are you doing? Welcome to another episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Thanks for having me, Sean. Where you're no longer a uh, a (laughs) co-host, you are now a guest. Thank you. It's uh, great to be here. You know, been waiting all week for this episode to be recorded. I got my notes down. Actually, no, I'm, I'm, I'm winging this one. Yeah, this one is a, a fly off the seat of my pants kind of day. Um, can I tell you a story, though? Sure can. I love story. Your story. Time. So as you and our listeners know, I have transferred to a new location. And you know that feeling you get where you walk through like your old elementary school, your old high school, like maybe you were a little bit older, went to a reunion or you just went back older because you had to do something with a younger sibling or something. I had to go get a transcript. And you know how you felt taller, you know, bigger than the building? Like you didn't belong there, like you outgrew it? Yes, because I was an adult and the building was filled with teenagers. Yes. So I walked through one of the old malls that I worked in many moons ago, like seven years ago at this point. And it felt so compact and small. It was so weird to me. Like I had... I had these weird feelings of like a nostalgia and B it was like, all right. So the ceilings are really low here. Weird. It was just different. And well, uh, well that's, unique. that's normal though. Cause you know, you spent the last few years working in one of the largest shopping, shopping centers, centers yeah. in, in the greater Toronto area. Yeah. With like 50 foot ceilings. Yeah. You could jump up and not touch anything. Basketball players could jump up and not touch anything <laughs> on spring-loaded pogos. Yeah. So you uh, you started at your new location. I did. And um, without telling me how your first week went, tell me how your first week went. 
All right. So what we have on tap. <laughs> well, you said don't tell you. Um, but no, seriously, how, how's it, the first week on? It's been all right. Uh, does it feel like going to a new school? Or, it or like, does a little bit. Um, it's yeah. funny, too, getting like all the tips and tricks about like the new food court and what's good and what's bad. Getting the lay of the land. Like I still haven't really walked around the mall to like get to know some of the competition slash make myself known to them so I could like build relationships with these make other stores. Known, so you just like storm into other stores. Well, typically and just, like, I like shit over and be like, you're t- mine now, bitch. And then typically just walk I, out. <laughs> I like to roll in moves of three. So first thing I do is I assert dominance, whether that be either jumping up on their kiosk and kicking everything over or, or just, really making sure that all their like pamphlets are out of order. So that's step number one. Step number two, every time they're with a customer, I just make very large, loud, vulgar sounds like wah, wah, just to make it really uncomfortable. And step three is really simple. I just invite them over to my store and tell them not to do the same thing. Um, you know what no, works better? Just like walk in there, walk straight up to them, like don't even blink make eye contact the whole time and they'll be like uh can i help you sir straight face and then just let out a long drawn out fart and then without saying anything turn around and walk away i like it i was actually gonna because i have an old work uniform from another store and company and i thought it would be really really funny to turn around and put that on and just show up at that store because I know who the manager is and be like, Hey, I'm ready for my first shift. I just transferred here. Oh, like, man, what? You, you should give that shirt to me and I'll do it. <laughs> we'll, we'll become Nelk junior. No, no, no. Um, all in all, the week's been great. And what I mean by make myself known is like, it's very important to know the other managers within your industry, because at the end of the day, you can help each other out. And I think that's the important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Remember uh, um, when I came to visit you, oh, when you that. first started at your other, your previous place, and when I, when I, I started at which place? The, the, the most recent one that you just left. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. And you told me, you told me the parent company that you were working for. And so I went to that parent company's <laughs> retail establishment. I'm like, hey, is Sean in today? And I think you at that day, you had some like meetings with, you know, some big wigs or whatever, right? And I was like, oh, is, is Sean in today? He's like, uh... No, no, he isn't. I'm like, well, yeah, he is. Like, I was just talking to him earlier. Like, he told me he was working today. And he's like, no, like, Sean quit. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, no, he didn't. I thought this guy was, like, playing jokes on me. I'm like, <laughs> and Angela was with me, too. She's like, and she. this was when you first met her. Yeah. Right? And she's like, I don't think Sean exists. Because she's, like, heard, she's, like, you know, heard the podcast. She knew that I'd, you know, have talked to you. And she's chatted with you over uh you know when she yells into the microphone and stuff like that um so i thought this guy was like completely bullshitting me and he's like yeah no sean sean quit like he's he's going to another store and i'm like what the fuck so then uh (laughs) yeah that was that was pretty funny i should do that again do it i I dare you i double dog dare you um, wow, we have a lot to cover in a short time to do it this week. We have Sony news. We have 
more Sony news. And like, we didn't even, I just left the title of this podcast untitled and just, I wanted David to, to name it just with raw emotion. Cause I know he's upset again. We have some Nintendo news. We have some March news. And then we're going to make our final predictions as to what we think is going to happen in the finale of Wanda vision. Mm-hmm. I assume at this point, and I wrote it in our notes that David just hopes it ends quickly. I do feel, and I'll explain more later, but I do feel like it's going to feel and uh, like it's rushed because there's only one episode left, right? Like the whole, the whole last four episodes. So much information, so little time. Because the first four episodes has had no information. All right, let's get into it. Meat right. and potatoes. Mmm, potatoes. Mmm. All right, so earlier in the week, or I guess it was late last week, Sony had uh, their most recent state of play. What is this called? Like a s- online stream? It's like the it's like their equivalent of the Nintendo Directs. Yeah, except nobody knew it was happening until like the last minute. Yeah, they kind of just like announced it like a minute before. Uh, so with this one, they kind of just showed off a bunch of stuff that we already knew about, and showed off some some I guess newish things. Was there anything that really stood off the page from you, or was it just like, well, I felt it was very mundane, if I'm being honest. Yeah, like we're going to touch on a few a few specific ones. Um, The first weirdest one, though, was there's a new Five Nights at Freddy's security breach. It's called Five Nights Five Nights at Freddy's colon security breach. So uh, it's it's kind of a creepy. I guess you're walking through like an old mall or something like that, or um, amusement park, or I don't know. With with these like weird Five Nights at Freddy, I don't know what they are. Did They're you ever animatronic play animals? Are they animatronics? Or Do you they remember like... going to like Chuck E. Cheese and they had like the weird animatronic robots that yeah, were like yeah, kind yeah. of broken down but still like played music? That's what these guys are. Yeah, so like it looks kind of creepy, but I don't really know. I, I've never played Five Nights at Freddy's in general, so I don't really know what kind of game it is, like what the, the goal is. Um, but it this does look creepy in like a fun kind of way, right? Because everything is... It's not like the traditional, you know, horror game where everything's like gloomy and blood and, you know, s- monsters everywhere. Like this is you're literally walking through like these well lit with like neon lights show type rooms. There are some basement type crawl space areas, but for the most part, it looks like it's uh going to be a game that takes place in i don't know like some kids type zone but with these creepy uh mascot things coming after you so i might check this one out but i don't know it was just kind of weird um so um just a quick look at the wiki because i wanted to make sure i was saying some things right so it is uh the series is centered on fictional character freddy phase bears pizza which is uh, a direct nod to Chuck E. Cheese and the showbiz pizza place. 
Um, the series consists of nine games. In the first three games, the player controls the nighttime security guard who must utilize security cameras and other tools to survive against animatronic characters that become mobile and homicidal after a few hours. Huh? Yeah. And then it says the fourth game takes place in the house of a child who must defend against nightmare versions of animatronics. The fifth game is set in a maintenance facility owned by the sister company of Freddy Faze Bears Pizza, where the player, or sorry, where the player character is a technician who must complete different tasks each night. In the sixth game, the player assumes the role of the new owner of the pizzeria. So they're just running out of ideas at this point. Yeah. The seventh uh, game allows players to alter the difficulty uh, settings. And that's all that note says. The eighth game features virtual reality gameplay and focuses on mini games. And the ninth game will be located. uh, Actually, the ninth game is features location based augmented reality gameplay. Located in a mall. So there you go. That's Five Nights at Freddy's. I've like kind of played the first few. I just thought it was kind of stupid, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Not really my cup of tea. Yeah, another game that looked kind of stupid was this um, Sif- Sifu. And I know some people thought it looked amazing, but it looks like just a generic kind of beat-em-up game. Um. I don't know. Like it's you saw this one, right? Like, yeah, uh, it it looks kind of cool, like graphics wise, but it just shows fighting. And here's the thing with games like this. Sure. You can have a cool beat em up kind of game, but if there's no story, then you're just walking around fighting things. And I know that there's going to be a story. Obviously there has to be, but I kind of wish that this trailer showed more of a, uh, more of a story trailer kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the, the description says Sifu is a new action game that promises a unique take on the Kung Fu genre that will literally turn the student into the master. As each time the player, the player character dies, they're revived slightly older and more skilled. So I Why guess wouldn't it, you just die early and often. right. Like, can you just die a million times from the first guy that you fight and just, and just uh, become like an ultimate badass. Like, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool, but see, this is where the swear word of the show would come in very handy because this game doesn't seem like a game I would even consider downloading unless it was on something like Game Pass or PlayStation Now, where yeah. I had the ability to just get the game for free, play it for a little bit, and delete it. Mm-hmm. That th- this one's a no go for me, dog. Yeah. Just a no go. Um. We saw a little bit more of Knockout City, you know, that dodgeball game that Nintendo revealed a few yeah. weeks ago. Uh, it looks okay. Oh, actually, you know what? They were saying that they would have, they were having like a. I, I'm not going to lie. Beta it, or something like that. It did look better on like the PlayStation footage we saw opposed to the pre-rendered Nintendo stuff. I think, I think part of it though, was that the, Nintendo trailer was more of a just like a quick action pack trailer. Whereas this one was more of a deep dive into the mechanics of the game. So you actually got to see a little bit more of how the game actually plays. 
Whereas the trailer that Nintendo showed was just, you know, quick cuts of stuff. And it was very comical. Like you got to meet mm-hmm. the characters, right? Yeah. Um, with this like newer look, I would probably say that uh, I, there's a good chance that I will at least give it a try. I think it's going to be. a. Oh, no, it's it's like a twenty dollar game. Which means it'll 100% be on Game Pass. Yeah, it'll it'll be a PlayStation Plus game or a (laughs) free game on Xbox for fairly quickly, I'm sure. Once the player base dies down a few weeks after it launches. I'm sorry, did that game just end in a cloud? I I just was rewatching the trailer and like it gets smaller and smaller. We don't need more Battle Royales. The ones we have are fine. Oh, yeah, it, it totally... Every every game now, every multiplayer game has to either be a 4v4 game or a battle royale. It's that's just how it is. That's that's the unfortunate state of events in uh, the gaming world right now. Well, I mean, if I were a betting man, I would bet that the footage we saw here because it says Released on the PS4 on May 21st, and we'll have backwards compatibility and enhancement for PlayStation 5 players. I'm willing to bet that we are seeing a PC render. We're not seeing a PlayStation render for this game. Mainly because it's coming out for all of the major consoles. Why, like, why differentiate it? Yeah, what if they were actually showing the Nintendo Switch version? No, I think you could tell the difference a little bit. Like, it does look a little... Like, even the characters like wings and stuff looks a little bit more crisp. Yeah. Uh, we did get to see a little bit more into death loop. Yes. Which now. Okay. So this one was pretty interesting because originally death loop looked kind of stupid. <laughs> this is uh, a watchdogs legions game for me already. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm getting more and more interested, which means I'm getting ready to like have heartbreak. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be a, I think it will sell well. Um, because it is Arcane Studios, um, and what it looks a lot like some of the other games that they've made in the past. Like it, it has that s- feeling between kind of like Prey and um, shit. What's the other one? Uh, Dishonored. Um, yeah, kind of. And it looks kind of cool, like the the gun gunplay mechanics and all that stuff. So I think it will be um I think it will be fun. It it looks like a lot of fun. Um but at the same time, I still don't really understand the like the the story behind it. Uh you're like an assassin and you have to kill other people and then you keep coming back. I don't know, but it it does look interesting. More so now than the original trailer or the announcement trailer. But I can honestly see this. Like, So the problem with what is this Bethesda? It's yeah. Arkan and but like published yeah. by Bethesda. The problem with a lot of Bethesda games, though, is that they very quickly become, you know, bargain bin games, uh, which I guess is a good thing as well. Yes. Like and good, no. it's a good and bad thing because um, it just shows that like their their games kind of die really quickly, in the sense that they the mechanics are all very similar. Like if you look at Prey and you look at um, Dishonored, 
they're still very much first person kind of RPG type shooters with stealth mechanics, right? Um, and it's it's just kind of like the it's the cookie cutter, it's the Ubisoft of first person shooters, right? It's the cookie cutter games that fundamentally it's the same gameplay, just a different skin. Um, but I, I would totally play this. Like I would pick this up on like sale or something like that. Um, Hey, as I said to you, um, the game had my attention when we first saw it on Sony and then we saw a wave. I don't want to say better trailer, but we saw, I think a more informative trailer with the, uh, the Microsoft event. They've just kind of gone back and forth since last yeah. May, June. And now we actually have an opportunity to really see what the game's kind of made with. I do like that they've changed some of the animation styles from like, I know it's not Bethesda directly making it, but it doesn't look identical to your typical Skyrims or your fallouts. Now, the one thing I will say about the, the bargain basement Bethesda comment is their triple A titles are still worth more than their crappy titles. Oh, yeah. Case in point, you can buy Fallout 4 for probably 30 bucks. Fallout Fallout Vault uh Fallout Vault 76 is like 20 bucks if you're lucky. Maybe 15. Well, if, that game Fallout 76 just you know failed. And they fixed it, it and now there's a huge player base, which good for them. I might try it again. Who knows? Yeah. But like you shouldn't have to wait a year for them to fix it. It's like that um why can't I think of that? Well, um the game was for PlayStation. It was the one where you flew from planet to planet to planet. No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. Same thing. Terrible. Went bargain biz, uh, basement, and then everybody picked it up because it got fixed. Same yeah, with they, Skyrim they up and Elder Rolls. PS- like, well, Skyrim never became a bargain bin game. Just like Fallout 4 and New Vegas, man. Those games are still, they still hold value. Yeah. yeah. So, um, What else we got? There's a few other like interesting things that or not really interesting things. Uh, Crash Bandicoot 4 is about time. They showed that, uh, or the PS5 version, showed some of the features on that. I guess it's taking advantage of the um, 3D audio. Um, if you have, like, a the, what is it, the, the Pulse headset. Uh, the adaptive triggers on the DualSense controller. It will run at 4K, 60 frames per second. Um It'll probably look the exact same on the Xbox Series X. The only difference would be the controller and the adaptive triggers. And the game's also coming out on Nintendo Switch, um, which is kind of interesting because Crash Bandicoot has always been, well, I guess up until recently, has been one of the PlayStation or Sony um I don't know, like main character type things. But right? like Crash Nintendo, is also Nintendo like has Mario. On. Well, but it it wasn't though. It was only ever released on PlayStation consoles up until recently. Up until like the the remastered, like the Crash trilogy and Crash Team Racing, like remaster. Everything else was released on the PlayStation One and the PlayStation Two. So it's just kind of interesting to see that these games and i would have 
I would have thought that this would be a PlayStation exclusive because, you know, Sony. <laughs> and after, you know, Microsoft bought Bethesda and took all of their PlayStation ex- exclusives from that, those companies, you know, you'd think that so- Sony would want their ex- more exclusive games, but um, what else are they doing? They're, they're, they're supporting Wait, is- the PlayStation f- upgrades. Like, uh, sorry, the, uh, if you have the PS4 version, you can get a free upgrade to the PS5 version. Is this uh, the crash game that, um, they showed off kind of just before Ratchet and Clank. And it was just like, oh, you released the same game twice, except this one, you can change the colors and move to the other side, like the monochromatic area. Was that the same one? I don't know. You know what? I The Crash Bandicoot trailers, there's so many, and they release on every console now that it's hard to keep track. Yes, this is it. I just I, I typed in a few keywords and I found it. Um, What else? We saw a little bit more of Odd World Soulstorm. Uh, did you ever play the Odd Odd World games? Yeah, this game looks so fun. I keep saying this, and really? I know, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, it looks interesting, but I was never really one into like the whole Odd World universe. It never really caught my interest. What you don't like aliens and steampunk at the same time? Is is it aliens and steampunk at the same time though? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. This I I can honestly see this game becoming a uh, PlayStation Plus game. Maybe not within the first year, but it will eventually. So I'll just wait for that. I just I feel like it has the same kind of mechanics as the Lego games, but in this case, you're not Lego. And it's primarily a side scroller. Yeah. Now, well, this the is... Lego games are side scrollers mostly too. Yeah. Are they? No, they're not. They're 3D adventure ish but a lot of the the levels are left to right or right to left or forward to backwards up and down um <laughs> okay this is one that actually this trailer changed my opinion on this game and i went from uninterested to moderately intrigued uh and that is returnal deep dive or is it i guess it's just returnal returnal it's the one with that like lady in the spacesuit. Yeah. But they showed some gameplay of this. And it kind of has like the it kind of has like Mass Effect vibes, but mixed in with, you know, I don't know, the likes of Destiny or some other third person uh RPG shooters and stuff like that. It looks interesting. Um I don't know if I necessarily like the main character. Not because. The, the, you like, don't feel connected I, to her. The, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. That's I, I, I hope that the story is good enough that you can feel some sort of connection to the main character. Um, it does look like a bullet hell kind of game, but in 3D, which is really cool. I think that's a. And you know what I mean by bullet hell games, right? I actually don't. So bullet hell games are kind of like uh, the the top down scrolling games where you're like a spaceship or a plane or whatnot. And all the enemies come down from the top and you're constantly flying upwards. Right. Or sideways, left and right. Um, and it's just like you have to dodge enemies and 
all of their attacks and everything kind of goes in patterns. So you kind of have to learn like the patterns of the enemies and their attacks and all that stuff. Um, Ikugra, I believe it was. Okay. Um, Ikugra, yes. Ikura Ruga. Japanese shoot 'em up. This is probably the most. uh, Here, I'm going to send you this picture. That is probably the most um, well known uh, bullet hell game. So essentially, it's like you you get these power ups as you go, which increases your weapons that you can. use and all this stuff but uh they're they're difficult games they they can be very difficult and seeing someone good at them is it's phenomenal uh so that's what this game really kind of looks like it looks like one of these bullet hell games um but in a in a 3d third person world which i'm actually really intrigued by that because all too often are you like when you have these first person or third person shooter games, it's just, you know, it's you versus these enemies. You have your, you know, your handguns, your machine guns, you have your powered weapons, your sniper rifles. And it's like one bullet goes straight. Right. Yeah. Um, And same thing with the enemies. Like they have their attacks and they just shoot straight at you. But it looks like this one where if you look at, uh, some of the, the fights during the the trailers, like they are releasing, you know, streams of bullets, but they like fan out. So same idea where in uh, like a bullet hell game where, you know, a boss will shoot, you know, uh, like 20 bullets or energy pulses or whatever, but it comes out in like in a fan motion and you have to dodge them. That's what this kind of looks like. So, I'm actually more interested in this game now than when they showed the, the reveal trailer. Makes sense. Uh, because I feel like the shooting mechanics, like they, there, there isn't really anything like this. Um, I just hope that it doesn't turn into a, uh, what was the one on, on uh, the, the medium, <laughs> you know, cause it, it has some of these, uh, I don't know, like memories, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I just hope it doesn't get into this generic storyline of, you know, this space person is trying to get back home and then they stumble upon some ancient aliens and then they deal with some psychologic stuff. Their daughter that they forgot to say goodbye to. And I don't know. I think that's just kind of like the it game mode now um quickly i think there's only two games left which i know you kind of want to segue into the final one so i'll give you a quick rest what did you think of kenya or yeah or kina sorry bridge of spirits i like i'm not wild on the type of game it is i'm not a huge rpg kind of player but did you not feel like it was just inside some sort of weird ass pixar movie Mm-hmm. Like you were just like, oh, okay, this is cool. Now, the thing is, this is a cinematic trailer. Uh, there is some gameplay footage in here, and the game does look really good. Um, 
like you said, it looks like a, a Pixar type thing. The animation style, the artwork, the worlds, it looks pretty cool. Do we know what kind of game it is in particular? Not really. Um, but actually, this one was, I think, only going to, I think this was only the, the price point for this one was like 40 bucks US, which. Um, $59 game in Canada. For that, I'd pick that up. Hey, it comes out on August 24th, just after my birthday. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. This is one of the first games where I've seen of this kind of style where I'm like, oh my God, the color is really nice. It's actually, this actually looks more like a next gen game than a lot of the other stuff that we've seen. Um, and And I'm saying that because it's not trying to look realistic. Um, like Returnal is one of those games that, you know, the main character and stuff like that, they are modeled and trying to be a realistic looking person. And it will still be, you know, probably at least another 10 years before we have games where people actually like characters actually look like humans. Now they were getting close. Like, in the early ages of the last generation, there was some stuff where you were like, oh, my God. War-. Like, um, I don't think it was called Outbreak. It, it was it was the one that was a fa- They had the TV show with it for Xbox. Oh, um, with Sean Astin. Not yeah, Sean Astin. Yeah, yeah, Sean yeah. Ashmore. Um, I forget what. But I, I, even still, like, you know that when you're playing that game, that you're playing a game like those characters are 3d animated quantum break, uh, quantum break. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking more of like Detroit become human and stuff like that. Like those are some of the most detailed, um, game characters that I've seen in a long while, but they're still missing that human element. Right. And I think it's, like I said, it's going to be a while before we get games that actually look life, like actually lifelike. So, well, Death Stranding looked lifelike until they moved. Yeah, that's true. Like that—that that was probably one of the closest games to lifelike I've seen yeah. in a, a long time. Yeah. But I would have to agree with that. The I character animation that. was totally broken. Yeah. Like it was that whole hip moves, but the rest of the body doesn't mm-hmm. situation. So with with Kina, it um, it looks like a true next generation game because it's not trying to look realistic. Um, I like this, the art style. Um, and, and you said very Pixar-y, and I think that is spot on. Um, Pixar movies... Uh, no, I'm going to be sued by Pixar. Yeah, I know. Pixar movies are getting very good at having their cartoony-looking characters but in very realistic looking worlds, right? Um, like soul was a prime example. Some of those, you know, city shots and stuff like that looked as if they were, you know, actually filmed in a city. And in, I think with, with Kina, some of these, um, if you look at the, some of the gameplay parts of this, this uh, trailer, the environment looks very cartoony, but it looks it has a sense of like kind of realism to it. Yeah. Um, 
and the way like the lighting is and how the environment reacts to what's going on with the wind, the character's movement, all that stuff. I I'm actually interested in this game. I I hope that it does well. Because I think that if this game does well, we'll see more games that kind of keep this gameplay or not not gameplay style but um visual style. Um, if I were to have one wish, just one, if they ever remade Arc Reign of Time, that is what I would hope it would look like. Yeah. You know, that's that to me is spot on on how I feel Arc Reign of Time looked to me 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you would see yourself imagining that while you were a kid. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, all all right. right, I know. I know you're angry, and it's gonna no. It's I'm gonna, not. It's gonna spill in with the same game title, so you might here's as well just the, do the, the whole thing. I personally am not angry. <laughs> I'm not angry about this because I own this game. But so um, they released, or or Sony and Square Enix released a uh, PS5 version trailer of the final fantasy seven remake um with some pretty significant graphical updates new textures better lighting um higher frame rate and resolution kind of all the things that you would expect from a uh next gen uh upgrade now kind of oh yeah and, and on top of that they announced a DLC or an added extra episode or whatever it may be called. Uh, But it's exclusive to the PlayStation five version, which is um, adds Yuffie and kind of her prologue or introduction or something like that. Um, And and I know you haven't really played Final Fantasy seven, but Yuffie is a, she's like a materia hunter. Materia is kind of like their magic stuff. Okay. Um, and this is looks like it's just a kind of intro to that character. Now, here's the thing. Like I said, the the episode with Yuffie, that DLC is only for the PlayStation 5 version. Which is I, I'm sure that they'll eventually release it for the PS4, I hope, because uh like we, we were discussing before the show, there's still a lot of people that don't have PS5s, and it'll be a a significant amount of time before a lot of people have PS fives. Um, so the PS five upgrade is free. Um, yeah, free for people who purchased the PS four version on disc or digital, which I think is more than fair. Yeah. Which, you know, I like, I think especially for any game that has come out within the last year or two, um, two years being kind of a stretch, but I would say two years is probably um, a good cutoff point for offering free upgrades to the to a PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X version of a game. Yeah, a lot of it um, has to do with supply and demand too, right? No PlayStation yeah. 5s or Xboxes give the upgrades for free. I know EA has done that with pretty much all their games. Minus NHL, they just didn't bother making an upgrade. 
Well, I, then you to, see things like uh, Activision, where if you buy the PS4 version of uh, Cold War, it's a $10 upgrade to the PS5 version or the... Did I say that? If you buy the PS4 version or the Xbox One, you have to pay 10 bucks to upgrade it to the next-gen yeah, version. I think that, to me, was like A, a launch benefit, and B, if you were going to play the that version of the game, like it did cost more. It just felt like it cost more. Like, don't get me wrong. I think now if I went back to my Xbox one and played Warzone, I would definitely notice a difference. 100%. Maybe. Maybe. Not. So, who, but, who, uh, who actually knows, but like the supply and demand thing is huge. So with the Final Fantasy seven remake, um, it's great that they are, and that they did do a PS five patch. Um, that is a, a huge indicator that the remake part two and part three will be coming out for PS five. Now the problem is, uh, or one of the problems is, is that Square Enix said that they were 100% going to be releasing the entire cult, uh, Final Fantasy seven remake series on the PS four. But now they are making it for the PS5 as well. So two different hardware sets, two very different capabilities for the systems. Is this going to increase the amount of production time that it takes for uh, the games to come out? Like we waited, I feel like a decade almost for this remake to come out for, or sorry, for one part of this remake to come out. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't delay the release for the PS5 versions or the PS4 versions of like the future parts. So this is where we kind of get into part two of this issue with this game. Uh, Sony announced the PlayStation Plus games for March. So anyone who um, has a PS4 or PS5, you can download, as of now, the free... Uh, PS Plus games for March. The games being Farpoint for PS4, which is, so you guys know, it's a VR-only first-person shooter. Uh, so you need a PlayStation VR for that. Uh, Remnant from the Ashes, which has been free on Xbox Game Pass for months now. The PS5 exclusive game, or the PS5 game in the PlayStation Plus um, collection right now is Maquette, which is like a a puzzle adventure game kind of thing. Apparently, it's really buggy. <laughs> um, and then Final Fantasy VII Remake. So this is a, I don't know, a tough topic for some people because in order to get the PlayStation 5 upgrade for Final Fantasy VII Remake, you have to have a purchased copy of Final Fantasy VII Remake, whether it be digital or physical. Um, Square Enix is not giving uh, PlayStation Plus copies of the game the free upgrade to the PS5 version which is um, kind of interesting because 
it's like people are people are annoyed, right? Because they're like, oh well, you know, they just want us to buy the game. Well, damn right, they want you to buy the game, right? But the people are arguing that they should get it too, right? Like even if they don't have a PS5 right now, they should be able to upgrade to the PS5 version when they get one for the from the PS Plus copy of the game. It's tough, but yeah. Um, and me personally, I don't care because I I I own the game. I bought it when it came out, um, so I will get the upgrade for free. But I also think that this is this is kind of like one of our topics that we wanted to touch on. If Sony or if Microsoft gives out a game that is part of PlayStation Plus or Xbox games with gold, does the gamers, does the players, are they entitled to any um, hardware upgrade versions of that game because they were given the, the game for free? No. Here's why. If your neighbor goes, hey, David, would you like this game? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just a standard edition of the game. And unfortunately, you didn't your neighbor cheaped out and he didn't buy the collector's edition or the. The the edition with all the packs, are you entitled to the packs that come with the game? If he didn't give you the code, are you entitled to the free upgrade if it's not the correct version? I feel like that's a completely different scenario, though. But it right? is, like, and it, it is, and it isn't. Not really. Ba- so I, I feel like in this sense, though, it's more of uh, people are they're they're getting a different version of the game and being told that in order to get um, an upgrade, you have to purchase it separately. What's so, wrong with that? Well. I, I personally, I'm on the fence about it because I'm sure if I had not purchased Final Fantasy VII Remake, I would be kind of bummed that I wouldn't get the PS5 upgrade version um, because I have a PS5. But at the same time, it's like, you know what, I am I would just be happy to be able to play the game. The game is great. Um, I think like the, the problem that people are having is that they're getting this game and Square Enix and Sony are kind of flaunting this, you know, the, the upgraded version free for people who have the game, but then they release the game. And, and, and I know that everyone was like super psyched when they saw that um, Final Fantasy seven remake was a free PlayStation plus game, especially right after the PS five upgrade trailer. Right. Yeah only to read the really f- small fine print on the uh, PlayStation Plus March 2021 promo image saying that the PS5 upgrade is only available for purchases of Final Fantasy VII Remake and not eligible for the PlayStation Plus version. So in in these trying times in a panoramic, you have to look at like creative ways companies are trying to come up with um, like making money, right? And if you look at it this way, this is a clear attempt to make money. Hey, mm-hmm. we're going to give you the free base game, but if you'd like to upgrade it to get all the features for 
the PlayStation 5, it's going to cost you $10. But it isn't. So here's I, the thing, though. They have to buy the f- game at its current going price. It's not a, it's not an upgrade fee. Um, and I think if they were to release it as... So, so the Yuffie uh, DLC is a paid DLC. Now, I would be okay with that being kind of like the the unlock for the ps5 upgrade right make it a paid dlc but make it so that if you buy this dlc you will get the ps5 version upgrade right and have that cover the xbox or the uh sorry the uh playstation plus version as well that way you're not kind of saying that um I don't know. You're not really alienating uh, a, a, a big chunk of people. Now, imagine if they were to do that, how many people would buy that $10, you know, even if they made it like 15 bucks or whatever, how many people would actually buy that just to have that extra DLC and to have the PS5 version? Um, is, is because the there's, there's, a, there's a lot of people that, don't want to buy like they want to play the game, but they don't want to buy it again just to be able to get the PS five upgrades. Right. And it's not like you, like I said, it's not a simple, small, like $10 fee there. The game is, you know, costing them 30, 40, 50 bucks on sale. Right. So I think people are annoyed that they were offered this game for free, but it's kind of like a, I, I don't want to call it a lesser version because it's the same game that everyone's had up until now anyways. Right. But it's almost as if they are being and punished isn't the right word either, but they are being left out of the opportunity to get an upgrade for a, a lower cost. Now I paid full price for the game. So, you know, I feel like it, out of, Anyone, you know, yes, I should be more entitled to getting this upgrade for free than someone who gets the game for PlayStation Plus for free, right? Mm-hmm. But I also would not be opposed to having to pay $10 for the UFI DLC, which then unlocked the PlayStation 5 version. Because the way I see it, I paid, you know, 90 bucks for this game, but I definitely got my $90 worth of entertainment out of it, right? Uh, the game is almost a year old now. Um, so it's been out there for people who wanted to play the game. They've bought it already. Right. Um, whether or not they bought it full price at launch or if they waited a few months to find it on sale, but they've probably already purchased the game. So now it's, how do we get the people who were not necessarily interested enough to purchase the game? How do we get their money? Well, make it a paid upgrade that does work for the PlayStation plus version. Now I remember that something like this happened many, many, many years ago. Think way back when the PlayStation four launched at E3 that year, Sony was showing off this brand new racing game. That was the most realistic looking racing game. Oh God, drive club. And it was drive club. Yes. Now, if you remember correctly, they had 
advertised this game when they first announced it, saying that the full game would be released for free to PlayStation Plus members. So this was a huge incentive for people who had PS4s to subscribe to PlayStation Plus. Um, At the time, PlayStation Plus was still fairly new. It had launched on the PS3, and it was not required for online play at the time. It was just a you were getting a a collection of monthly games for the PS3 um, and PlayStation Vita. Yeah. But then when they moved to the PS4, it was a requirement for online play. So in order to justify and kind of entice people to play pay for P- PlayStation Plus, because at the time it wasn't really worth the membership. I signed up for it. I had it and I was getting the free games because for someone like me, you know, I could spend, you know, the 50 bucks a year and get a bunch of these games that I would otherwise not have the money for. Right. But then there was a lot of complaints that people has like, why do I need to pay for um, online play now? Right. Like the PlayStation three had free online play for the entire duration of its life life cycle. And actually you can still play a lot of the games online for free. Right. Um, So they said that, you know, drive club would be free for anyone who had a PlayStation plus membership. And they said the full game, nothing cut, blah, 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 all that mumbo jumbo. And then fast forward, the game was delayed multiple times. It went through development hell. And then eventually when it was released, they released the PlayStation Plus version, which was separate and different from the full retail version of the game. So, yes, you could play the game in almost its entirety, but the roster of cars was was less. The number of tracks were less. And there's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff that was actually removed from the PlayStation Plus version of Drive Club. So this isn't the first time that this has happened. But if I recall correctly, this is the first time that it's happened since. And I know that there was a bunch of backlash when Sony did it because they essentially released a dumbed down, I guess, like trial version of a game. Yeah. Sure, like you could get trophies and you could play a, and unlock a bunch of stuff, but ultimately the game itself was missing a lot of content that, in order to get, you had to purchase it separately. Um, and the game was advertised as, like from the get go, it was advertised as being a free, complete game for PlayStation Plus subscribers, which it, it wasn't. So, if Sony or if 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 Square Enix can easily get away with this and and i get that playstation plus games it there's there's a whole lot that goes on just to get those games on that service that we don't really know about it right like sony is paying um square enix and any other game developer sony is giving them money to have their games on playstation plus um the better games that go are that are offered the more people that subscribe right that's really how that that's how it works. So the the concern is now that I have is if Square Enix starts doing this with the Final Fantasy 7 remake where 
sure, their game is going to be on PlayStation Plus, but in order to get the upgrade version, you have to buy the game at, like full price, right? Um, what will that mean for other games, like games in the future? Because it is incentive for these companies, game developers, to release next-gen patches for their games, right? Um, things like because we get a lot of these like remasters, right? So, um, what was like the most recent one that Kingdom Kingdoms of Alamar Re Reckoning or something like that? That that was one game that that got a remaster, right? Like that kind of came out of nowhere. So these companies, instead of having to completely remaster these games, they can just kind of kind of rework it, add some new features, patch it, and stuff like that to work on the the better hardware. But and and with doing so, people are going to be more inclined to buy a two three year old game, right? And it costs the, yeah. costs the developers less to get that game out again, right? Because the game's already out there; they just have to release a patch. And so instead of having to put all of this like time and development, maybe even hiring another studio to port it over or work on increasing, like you know doing all that whatever is re- required they can probably like they could easily do it with a, a smaller crew right they have all the assets and a lot of the stuff you know is going to be in, especially with um like activision where they don't know anything about compression um they're all going to have like high res versions of all their textures and models and all that stuff you're right so it's just a 400 of- gigs on my hard drive it's just <laughs> call of duty right so so a lot of these developers like they have these high-res assets that they can just like patch into this their their game so my concern is that with square enix doing this is it going to kind of lead the way for other developers to say yeah sure i'm going to put my game on playstation plus but we're going to make it so that uh in order to get the playstation 5 version you know people need to buy the game full price all right i've wanted to argue with you for like 10 minutes but i just let you go on that rant thanks do you know what company does not give a fuck what you think and they do it all the time and like even myself has taken advantage of free games but at the end of the day if i want the expansions or i want the complete game i have to pay for it yay unless it's otherwise stated that it's a complete game look at the epic games giveaways every week oh yeah just, just look at some of the titles they've dropped in recent memory. Yeah, the, mo- like- the most complete game that they had on their launcher was Battlefront Two, the complete edition, right? Mm-hmm. Did you see anything else when it came to, I don't know, Civ? They gave you the base game of Civ Six. If you wanted the rest of Civ Six, you had to pay for Civ Six. No, right? you didn't. No, no, no. You could buy the DLC separately. Yes, of, absolutely. These, but you didn't have to. So that that's kind of different, though, because in the PlayStation Plus versions of games and Xbox Live Gold games that you get, um, you can still buy the DLC for these games. And a lot of times they give you the base game, like Kingdom Come Deliverance. You know, there's a game of the year edition that comes with everything, but it was the, just the base game on Epic. And And see, this is the thing, though. This is how these developers or these, these companies 
get money. They give out the base non-game of the year edition, and then people buy the DLC, which the only way for people to buy DLC is if they buy the base game, right? People aren't like, I'm not going to buy an expansion for Kingdom Come Deliverance if I don't own the game, right? I mean, so give the game out for free, for free, right? Um, and that I just did air quotations. If <laughs> I think <laughs> I could tell you, stop speaking. Um, and then it's more likely that people will purchase DLC for these games. Um, and and I've seen com- conversations on on Reddit, and I've had conversations with some of my friends and stuff like that. That you know, people are more willing to put in a few bucks um, for DLC for games that they got for free on um, PlayStation Plus or on Steam or Epic Games or Games with Gold because they have the money now, right? Like they're not being f- like. You have, let's say you have 50 bucks that you can spend on a game, right? Well, instead of spending 50 bucks on a base game, you were given that game for free. Sweet. Now I have 50 bucks and I want the complete version of this game. Well, I can spend that money on DLC. And a lot of people do that. And kind of going back to the issue with Final Fantasy VII is they are forcing people to buy the game. They're giving it away for free, but if you want the upgraded version, you have to buy the game. So like what I was saying earlier is that they could have made it so that the PlayStation five upgrade was tied to the Eufy DLC. And I guarantee that they would probably get twice as many people purchasing it. You know, people aren't already going to buy the Eufy DLC, but now you have all these people who are getting the PlayStation 4 version that are not going to buy the DLC. I don't know. Free games to me are like presents. You get what you get or you and you can't get upset. Like, like I'm just I, I loaded the Epic Launcher just to see what was free that I didn't claim last week. And it was called Sunless Sea. Was mm. it interesting to me? Not really, but I didn't claim it. Did I cry about it? No, it was free. If like I you have every right to bitch and moan if you try to get a free game and mm. it didn't work out. OK, 100 percent. But you can't turn around like the Grand Theft Auto game as a uh, Grand Theft Auto five when Epic had it as an mm. example. Right. Mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto five was free for a week. The first two days were hard, but people who wanted the game tried for it. People after that can't complain that they didn't get it and they had to pay for it because it was free a week before. This is just like every other um, gaming entity out there. And you know damn well the people in April are going to be like, man, I should have got Final Fantasy 7. I don't want to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Right? But people are more yep. willing to pay for it if they played it. They enjoyed it free. And if they're a game collector like yourself or me and they need to have another like physical copy on their shelf, they'll go buy it. But they can play it right now for free. Where I don't find a ton of merit in the argument is kind of kind of like the opposite side of it. I agree with the statement that's saying like you shouldn't have to dangle the carrot in front of you and be like, haha, just kidding. Instead of paying just the upgrade fee to get next gen, you're actually gonna have to buy the whole thing. Okay, that's a little bit harsh. I agree. Mm-hmm. But where I'm sitting here going, 
Like, why are people so upset about this? It's fucking free. Just take it. If you <laughs> want the other game, just buy it. This goes with me. goes with everybody. Like, you, you know me. I've bought multiple sports games in my day. And I will buy NHL every year. And I know next week or two weeks from now, it'll be free on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Or EA Play for you PlayStation suckers. I get that. And I understood what I did. Madden, I downloaded today for free with the next gen update because that's what EA offered. EA didn't say, here's the free game. If you'd like to upgrade it, it'll be $10. They were like, we're just going to put the whole thing on. <laughs> Whoever thought EA would be the good guy in any situation. <laughs> but this, this is what I'm saying. Like, at the end of the day, I agree that the argument is a little bit valid. And I mean like a three out of 10 for validity because yeah, it's a little shock. Like you're going to have to buy the next gen version. You're going to have to pay full price or whatever full price and market value will be on launch. Cool. I get that. You're pissed. If you really care about it that much, buy it used and then just upgrade it. Do what you got to do, but like, fuck, Mm -hmm. stop complaining about free games. Usually it's David here on the other side of the argument just being like, you guys are idiots. This is my turn. You guys are morons. Not even idiots. You're just morons. Stop complaining about something that you're getting for free. When we were younger and games didn't require internet connections, do you think we were just being handed cartridges of friggin' Zelda or Donkey Kong or Mario? No. Our parents had to go buy them because we wanted them. And our parents weren't getting them for free. They might have known somebody who gave them a discount. But we were never getting shit for free. This is the most entitled generation of our lifetime. And yeah, we're a part of it. But like, come on, take the free stuff. Like, just take it. It's free. Stop complaining. If you really want the next gen version of this game, just buy it. You have a job. I'd assume maybe you don't because of the pandemic. And I'm sorry if that is offensive to you, but just if you want the game that bad, you're going to buy it. And if you're a collector, you're going to buy it. And if you're somebody like David who loves the series and was going to buy it anyways, you're going to buy it. I can't say this any simpler or slower for you to understand. You can say it slower. You were gonna buy it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like I was talking to uh, David pre-show. The one game that I found very impressive that it's actually kind of like bent the rules to this are our larger games with um, multiple seasons like Overwatch and Rainbow Six. Because right now, Rainbow Six, you can get the complete edition on Game Pass. Does that mean you own the game? No. You get to play it until Game Pass decides we're not going to have Rainbow Six on here anymore. Then they're going to offer you a tidy little discount to buy it. Are you going to be able to keep those operators? Only if you unlock them. They'll go away too. Will they? I'd, I'd assume so. I, I don't mean, think so. If, if, you you lose the- the, if you lose the license for complete, I'd assume. Yeah, I don't know how that would work. But, but again, this is one of those things where PlayStation users count your lucky fucking stars you guys get quality games with playstation plus every single month do you want xbox got this month ass yeah like just dog water ass that's like the worst ass 
So stop your bitching. If you want the game, buy it. At least you get to keep the DRM, no matter what. You get to keep it. We don't get to keep it on Game Pass. Game Pass gets taken away. Yeah, but... Just just take the you, free game. Just take get, the free game. You get the games that are on uh, Games with Gold. Yeah, and... It's the same thing as PlayStation Plus, right? Yes, but like I'm not arguing play, uh, Games with Gold right now because they don't have anything quality for me to bitch about that it's free. <laughs> Like, I mean, paying for gold and getting games with gold is an absolute joke. I can't even remember the last good game I got with games with gold. Maybe it was Jurassic Park, which was months ago. And and that was mediocre. And that was a newer game, too, because Microsoft was like, what are we going to do with this game? Nobody's playing it. And like, I've got it on Epic as well. But like, just guys, enough. Stop complaining. It was a free game. A free game you get to keep again. You guys are like, oh, Game Pass, get a complete edition. That doesn't matter. They're going to eventually discontinue the game and make us buy it. Do you think everybody who had Game Pass and was like playing Red Dead for free for like five months was like, oh, shit, I guess I'm never playing Red Dead again. Maybe some people may have bought it because they never finished the game. Just just be thankful you're getting free stuff. Remember that you live in a lifetime and a generation where DLC and games are constantly updated on the fly and you're getting opportunities for free stuff. And remember, we were not getting free cartridges delivered over the internet. Well, Take except for when eBay. you got it. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> we had to pay for that. Take, take that into consideration. This argument, I like I I understand both sides of the argument, but it's like lay it to rest. You don't you don't have the right to argue when it's free. You have the right to argue if you paid for it. Well, it's not free. They have to pay for the PlayStation plus subscription. No, it's still technically free on like the perk of it being free. Yeah, I know. I know. But David, yeah. we're running out of time and we still have to talk about the even bigger announcement last week. What? WandaVision? No, I mean, yeah, that'll be like the last five minutes as always. You get your way and we barely talk about the show. Next week is all WandaVision unless something amazing happens, just so you all know. Ugh. Yeah, I won't <laughs> be here for that show. Uh, maybe we'll do like a small, like uh, like a 30 to 45 minute yeah, just just WandaVision be, one. Just be me yelling incoherently. Uh, maybe maybe we will do just a, a WandaVision recap. But uh, I want to quickly go over the Pokemon Direct. As you know... Well, Nintendo has two big things going on this month. First off, Mario 35 anniversary is finally ending. And they're removing the Game & Watch game. They're removing Mario 35, the Battle Royale game. And for those who didn't buy Mario 3D All-Stars, retailers aren't pulling it as of the 31st. They are pulling it? It is being pulled. I've read multiple articles over the last few days where it's like Nintendo is pulling them. Now, don't get me wrong. Walmart will probably have it till mid-April before somebody catches them. Yeah. Because they're dumb and release Pokemon games way early. But just keep in mind, if you haven't picked up those games yet, pick them up if you want them. If you don't care, whatever. Pokemon turned 25 this year. Crazy. So they had a little Pokemon Direct to celebrate. Mm -hmm. They had a, a Pokemon concert with Post Malone singing Hootie and the Blowfish. Logan Paul pulled a card that might be worth a million dollars from a card pack that's 25 years old. It's crazy. But 
We also got the announcement that we are getting a Pokemon Diamond and Pokemon Pearl uh, remake for the Switch. Which is going to be called Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. We also got um, a look at Pokemon Legends Arceus. Arceus? Arceus. Which kind of looks like a little bit more of a Breath of the Wild kind of gritty Pokemon game. Um, It's going to be in the Sinnoh region, which is really, really cool. The starters are combination starters from different games. And it seems to be a little bit more kind of like the beginning of Detective Pikachu. You remember when he's trying to catch that Cubone and he doesn't fight it, he just whips a ball at it? Mm -hmm. That seems like the kind of combat style you get for trying to pick a Pokemon, which is neat. Um it's kind of going to have that same kind of wild area, but you can also battle people and Pokemon just kind of out in the open, which is also neat. Uh, It never really showed though. What happens if the Pokemon rejects your ball? Does it attack and you have to pull out a Pokemon? You didn't get to see that. You just got to see like, you you got to see some battle mechanics. Um, It's, I think it could be really cool. But if it's anything like Sword and Shield, I kind of also did not like Sword and Shield. So it's, I, I think it's more like open world Breath of the Wild kind of style. Um, that's what it looked like. Uh, it it does look rough around the edges, though. Oh, very much so. Uh, there seems to be a lot of frame rate issues and all that stuff. Um, it it looks interesting, though. Um, it, it could be the evolution <laughs> of Pokemon uh, the, like of the genre in, in general. I think uh, Sword and Shield kind of played it safe um, and dropped the ball a little bit. It, it still is a very popular game, but you know, Pokemon sells. They could literally make Pokemon uh, can't, can't wait to hear this take. I don't know. Pokemon on a pregnancy test and people would be buying it. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> right like pokemon is one of the the highest grossing ips in the world right um only lowered to its father mario yeah um so i i'm i'm gonna keep my eye on this one because i was excited for pokemon sword and shield and then ended up actually canceling my uh pre-order for that once I kind of learned, you know, what was in the game, how the game looked and all that stuff. And I really don't have, you never even got it. Did you No, I played it a little bit, um, at a friend's place or I, I I rented it as well. I played it for maybe like 20, 30 minutes and I'm like, eh, okay. Right. Like nothing new, new. Um, so this could be, this could be a change of pace for the Pokemon genre. And if they do it well, it could be, um, I don't know, it could be a, a, a good direction moving forward. Um, but that Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, wait, is that? Yeah. Yep. Uh, remakes. That was interesting. Um, there's, there's some people either love it or they hate it. Uh, I guess, you know, those games are argu- arguably some of the best games that came out on the DS. Um, It's made, it's being outsourced to a third party developer and they are keeping true to the original game style. 
It's that like top down, like everything's kind of like that spritey look, but it's 3D. Yeah, um, I, th- I thought they were going to do. Sorry, I just choked on myself. Uh, I thought when I originally saw the trailer open up in the battle or like the way they had the battle, right? Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to do it kind of like Pokemon Let's Go, which really went well with a lot of like switch players because like with the Pokemon walking around in the wild, Mm -hmm. it took away some of the mystery encounters, but it also gave you the ability to kind of like pick and choose and shiny hunt. And that was one thing I saw on the Reddit too, where people were like, Pokemon, Hey, like Pokemon Nintendo. Why did you guys make this decision for this game when it was so successful in the remake of red and blue? Mm Mm-hmm. Which I didn't know until recently that red and blue was only North American. It was red and green worldwide. Which is why when the remakes uh, came green out was, on... Green was Japan only. And I believe Europe. I might be wrong, but... I think that was yellow. Which eventually did come out in North America. Which is still crazy because then we got advanced green... Or leafy green and fire red. Yeah. And we got the um, game in true form. I... Like, they, they're mixing, like, this new style that is pays homage to the original game with the battles, like the 3d battles style of um, sword and shield, which I think is a jarring change. Um, Like, and like you said, I I think it would have been, I was actually expecting them to kind of use the let's go Eevee and let's go Pikachu style where it's 3D, but still kind of retains that original look, but it's updated enough to look modern. You're right. Like, let right. me battle the Pokemon I find. And and I, I don't care too much if the Pokemon aren't, you know, running around out in the open for me to see and then pick and choose. Um, but it just feels like the game was made for mobile. <laughs> With in with like this the current art style, I feel like they could have done a lot more to bring the game to actually look like a modern day remake. And I feel like people would more people would be happy with the game visuals if they use something closer to uh, Let's Go Pikachu or Eevee. Because those, like I said, those kind of upgraded the look of, you know, the original, what is it, Kanto? Kanto yeah. Region. It upgraded the, that look, and it felt like you were playing a new game, but at the same time, it was very familiar. The other thing, too, is I think they lost out on the nostalgia factor to a degree. Because when Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee were launched... That aimed at that age group from 25 years ago when the games launched, right? Like they're the 12 year olds to 40 year olds, whoever played it. Like I know the video game generation is older now than it was 25 years ago. That's a, that's a pretty known fact at this point in time. But when you look at the nostalgia factor now, what would have sold more copies Pearl and diamond or could you have gone back a little bit further and done silver and gold and reintroduced the Johto region, which has been like completely forgotten Mm -hmm. and didn't silver and was it 
or maybe it was Crystal. One of them had the entire Pokemon Blue and Red games in it as well, like as post-game content. Um, Silver and Gold let you go to Con- uh, Kanto after you beat Johto. Yeah, yeah. So like, like you they take had the, the, the train. Yeah, they had the entire entirety of like the original games in in their games as well. Yeah, I don't know. It, it we'll have to see a little more about it. I'm sure it'll sell like hotcakes on a cold day. Um, it like I said, it's Pokemon. They could put Pokemon on a, on a pregnancy test and it would sell. That's true. They put it on a toothbrush. Yep. And so, but yeah, that was uh, some pretty big news. I'm, I'm excited for that new kind of open world Pokemon. Yeah. That one's going to be a buyer beware for me until I can see it. Oh yeah. 100%. I'm, I'm cautious about it, but my, my ears perked up a bit. Oh, before we get into WandaVision, do you know what game I still can't find on uh, Amazon? And I might just be stupid, but I've typed in. Donkey Kong 64? No, MLB The Show Xbox. Yeah, it's MLB The Show 21. Yeah, and I get RBI Baseball. But it's pre-orderable everywhere else except Amazon, apparently. Hmm. So, I mean, that is what it is. But I have noticed that Amazon has been kind of slow in updating their games. Well, that's on them and nobody else. So, WandaVision. We don't have a lot of time. We're up near the near the the wire of our 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 show length. How do you want it to end and what are you thinking? Um, I just want it to end. I can't tell if that's because I wrote that joke in the pre-show or you actually just hate it. Um, so I don't I'm I'm hating it less now than um when the, the I was watching the first three episodes, um, the most recent episode, while it was good, I did enjoy it. It again, just kind of it. It was an origin story. It was too short for episode eight of nine. Yes. How how or why they felt that they needed to add an origin story into the second last episode of an eight part series is beyond me. I, I think it'll make sense, but I'm also strongly believing in these rumors that there's a 10th episode. And there, they're either going to release two episodes this Friday and just be like, surprise, motherfuckers. There's got to be. Or this has to be like a full, like 60 minute episode. None of this 48 minutes is actually 22 minutes of content. I think you need another hour and a half to close this out, if I'm being perfectly honest. I think it's kind of ridiculous how they they went through um they they went through Wanda's past and how she became so powerful. But they're also and proving that mutants exist, which is crazy. Yeah. And ultimately though, did not really answer anything. Like she just created vision out of nothing. Sure. Okay. So is he is he actually like vision? Or is he a recreation? Like, well, does, does she, he have the same powers as Vision in, com- in complete? Or is it just kind of like what she remembered him of? So and that's a really good question and point. And and also on, on that, is he actually able to survive outside of the hex? Because we saw in one of the earlier episodes, like he, he kind of broke out or 
broke past the barrier and then he started to disintegrate. So again, is he completely part of her imagination in that, uh, that hex, like same with her kids. She can create things out of nothing. Apparently. I still think she was manipulated to create said people's. But here's the thing is, uh, Agatha or whatever was all like, how the fuck did you do it? Right? Like she didn't, she didn't know. So I think in order for her to be able to be manipulated to create, like recreate vision and her kids and all that stuff, the person doing it would have to have known that she could do that. And Agatha didn't. So I don't know. I, at this point, I give the series a solid 60%. On David's tomatoes. On David's potatoes. So just to answer your vision question, because I think this is going to be one of the biggest questions going into this episode, especially with the reveal at the end, which we can talk about in a moment. Um, vision's dead. Like Dead. D-E-D. Dead. <laughs> dead. Dead. Um, the reason I say that is, do you remember the montage in Spider-Man Far From Home where they were playing like the heroes we lost? Yes. Vision was on there. That is five months after the the events of WandaVision. And when he mentions to Doc, uh, when he asks uh, Nick Fury where everybody is, he's like, well, Do-, he's like, Dr. Strange is like off play- off world, right? So obviously Dr. Strange is clearly dealing with whatever bullshit Wanda creates in this episode. But I don't think this, I don't think the vision survives and it'll be too bad because I really love Paul Bettany. I think he's been great in the role. Um, I do find it interesting that they did reveal the white vision. And I, I said this to Krissa literally five minutes before we started the episode. I was like, I wonder if, this series takes a heel turn and just drops white vision on us. Hold on. What's white vision? Did you not see the post credit scene? Re- refresh my memory. I did, but I don't remember it now. So it shows Hayward using the Stark drone that is powered by Wanda's energy. To, yeah. To boot up a version of vision. That's white. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, in West Coast Avengers, the Avengers try and rebuild Vision. And when he comes back to life, he has no prior memories of what he did previously. And he's doesn't, a white supremacist? No. And he doesn't remember Wanda or anything. And he's white because all of his soul and color has been drained out of him. Yeah, well, he's a robot, so he doesn't have a soul anyways. Here's what I think is going to happen. Because now we know for sure in this episode, it proved that Vision's body was never in the hex. And we saw two iterations of that one where she creates vision and two where Hayward kind of lets her go nuts and then leaves the body. Right. Mm-hmm. I still have this inkling feeling that either Hayward is Ultron or Ultron is Ultron and Ultron is going to be loaded into this white vision. How, but Ultron, they destroyed Ultron. Ultron could have potentially been destroyed. But I saw it with my own two eyes. Yes, but just because we never saw Ultron come back, that's just the last robot Vision found. He could have loaded himself off into the internet. The only reason I say that is because the advertisement for Nexus can mean one of two things in this MCU as it is. She could be a Nexus being, 
which is going to kind of like combine the multiverse and all that stuff. And she's going to create the, the multiverse of madness and kind of bring up the mutants or into the MCU. However, the nexus was the place where Tony had to go to get the nuclear codes, right? And scramble them. So Ultron couldn't access them. Right. And when he was there, he found Jarvis because Jarvis protected himself and hid inside the internet. So when he was dismantled, he found all the coding for Jarvis inside the Nexus. So I'm wondering if Ultron maybe did the same because he had the same knowledge center as Jarvis. Mm. Just, just a thought potential, which I put a lot of thought into. (laughs) Oh, it's crazy. I'm, I'm very hopeful that this show ends properly. I'm also incredibly hopeful that we end up getting a a second episode this week or they go one more week. Like, could you imagine if it just ends abruptly? Like every other one? Yeah. Like this week's episode to me was like not one of my top favorite. Like I did enjoy some of the backstory. And the reveal of her being like, you're the Scarlet Witch. Great. But did you also get a laugh out of the opening scene where they're like trying to like kill her on the stake instead of lighting her on fire? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the, stupid. The waterfalls are clearly lit with 20th century lighting. I thought I thought that whole thing was stupid. <laughs> I just couldn't get past the waterfall. Like, How are you lighting these waterfalls? Like, really? How are you? How are you doing this? Yeah. Like, I don't see no torchlight, but. We want to know your thoughts. This is it, guys. The episode is like the series ends this week. Thank God. Maybe it'll be next week. Who knows? The making of will be pretty fun, too. I hope it's not the last we see of Paul Bettany. Maybe you hope it's the last we see of Paul Bettany. No idea. But I want to thank you guys for being on this journey with us. Of course, as always, it's been amazing for myself, for David. Thank you. Subscribe. Please listen. Enjoy. Peace out. Peace. Out.